Football fans far and wide, welcome to the Football v. Football podcast. This is the NFL Week 17 recap. What used to be the last week of the season uh, is now the penultimate week of the season. And this was a week full of games with playoff implications. Uh, There ended up being many, many amazing games. And we're going to go ahead and jump right in to the recap here. Uh, Before we get started, I want to remind anyone watching on YouTube, subscribe there. If you're listening on a podcast, subscribe there as well. Would be greatly appreciated. But we're going to go ahead and jump right in to the first game. The Atlanta Falcons beat the Arizona Cardinals 20-19. This actually ended up being the only, only meaningless game of the day in terms of playoff placement. All the other games had uh, playoff implications. So we're going to get this out of the way. It was a close game. Um, it was funny. They didn't show barely any of this game actually on NFL Red Zone. It was really interesting to see. Um, they just didn't show any of it until the last second of the game, which was a last second uh, winning kick by Young Waku uh, to win this game for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Algier, Tyler Algier, as mentioned on this podcast before the season started, is emerging as a great running back, and he will be the lead running back for this team. He had a great game today. McBride uh, on the Cardinals side of it. He's a solid tight end for the Cardinals. Him and Zach Ertz will be a great duo next year when Ertz gets healthy. And they should absolutely scheme him into this offense uh, along with Zach Ertz on uh, double tight end sets. You know, as I examine the Arizona Cardinals receiving threats, not only do you have these two, Ertz and, and McBride, but of course you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have Hollywood Brown, you have Rondell Moore, you have Greg Dortch. Uh, I might be missing somebody else, but this team actually has tremendous, tremendous receiving threats. They might be the deepest uh, receiving core in the league. So when they do manage to figure out what they're going to do, is Kyler Murray going to stay the quarterback of this team? Or are they going to find somebody else to be the quarterback? They have a wealth of receiving threats on this team. And they will be very dangerous with the right quarterback. They do need to get a running back. I'm not really sold on James Conner. James Conner actually can also be a receiving threat more so than a running back. But if they draft a running back or they get a a receiver, this offense is going to be very dangerous. But at the end of the day, this game didn't mean much in a a week where we had a lot of meaningful games. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the next game here. The Detroit Lions beating the Chicago Bears 41-10. Well, this was a a normal game for Justin Fields. He doesn't throw the ball very well. He runs a lot. He had 132 rushing yards, led the team in rushing, and he got injured at some point in the game. But they showed him as he was getting injured. They showed Nathan Peterman uh, throwing the ball, uh, their backup, and I think he thought to himself, I'm not going to put the Bears fans through this and let Nathan Peterman go in there and throw a bunch of interceptions. So he gutted his way through this game. The Lions, not only did they look dangerous on on defense, only allowing 10 points in this game, they looked extremely dangerous on offense. Those running backs, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Williams got the majority of the yards here. He had 144 yards on 22 carries. But DeAndre Swift, I have to say, you know, he was, if you can fathom, despite Williams' uh, yardage, 
Swift was the more impressive back in this game, and he's the more impressive back in this backfield in general. His cuts and his speed are exceptional amongst the best in the league. I mean, he also has like a big size frame. He is truly one of the most exceptional running backs in this league. And there was a play near the end of the game here where every Lions defender was in coverage. There was no pass rush at all. And by, by that, I mean, you know, sometimes when there is a Hail Mary at the end of a game or, you know, you're just kind of playing prevent, then you'll have like a mush rush, what they call maybe three or even two defensive linemen just kind of casually rushing the quarterback. No, this wasn't that. This was literally every single, all 11 players on the Lions defense dropping in coverage. I had never seen that before. You know, you see something... It's rare you see something new like that in a football game. Usually they say in baseball games, you see something new at every baseball game. But I had never seen that before. So to see that was really interesting. And the result of it was an interception. So there might be some wisdom to this. <laughs> Maybe teams will do this in the future. Um, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's that crazy of an idea. Especially if the offensive line remains conventional and you remain having these... Um, you know, um, five blockers in there uh, for your quarterback, which are meaningless because if you have if you have your standard receiving threats, then you're really just kind of doubling up on every receiver. So that'll be really interesting to see if that kind of sets a precedent. I thought that was really cool. This the result of this game, the Lions winning this game, it sets up a huge matchup to end the. Um, to end the season next week in week 18 where the Lions will be playing the Packers at Lambeau and the schedule has not been determined yet for when these teams will play but essentially this is how it sets up if the Seahawks well if the Seahawks win next week then they are in the playoffs if the Lions beat the Packers. But if the Packers beat the Lions, even if the Seahawks win, the Packers are in the playoffs. I know that sounds confusing, but I say this to say that the NFL must put the Lions and Packers game and the Seahawks and Rams game at the same time for the integrity of the game. Because if the Seahawks, if there is... I think there's some projection that the Packers are going to play the Lions in the Sunday night game. However, that takes place and the Seahawks win their game earlier in the day, then the Lions will have nothing to play for. And it'll be a lot less meaningful game. So, NFL, make sure to put these two games at the same time or else this game will not be exciting at all. I wanted to say that and we're going to touch on, on this more um, as we move up, uh, along in this podcast. But uh, we're going to go ahead and admit. Naif, you there? I am here, my friend. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? What's up, man? Nice, nice. Are you, uh, where are you at? In bed. Oh, okay, nice. In bed, nice. I'm taking this call in bed, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, get comfortable, man. We, we, we were, I was just uh, starting to talk about the uh, Kansas City Chiefs beating the uh, Denver Broncos. 27 to 24, and uh, this was the second straight time that the Broncos 
almost pulled the upset against the Chiefs. Did you see any of this game? I did see. Uh, I mean, I was watching it in the background. Uh, the Broncos played the Chiefs pretty well. Now twice, both, both times this season. Sucks mm-hmm. for Russell Wilson, though. I mean, I, I didn't see much from him, to be honest. Uh, it was a little better than his previous performances, but he still looked like dog water. Mahomes looked great. Uh, McKinnon looked great. He killed me in one of my fantasy leagues. So, yeah, that's what I saw. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the only game where Russell Wilson plays well against the Chiefs. It's really, really odd, you know. Um, and they were up in this game for many parts of this game in the third and fourth quarter and in meaningful parts of this game. The, 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 the Broncos were winning and when you think about how last week they lost by 40 to the Rams and then they come back this week and almost beat the uh, the Chiefs, it really shows you the when it was divisional games, you really throw the record out. You know, I mean, that's really kind of how it is. And, you know, Russ ran for a couple of touchdowns here. He had some, you know, vintage Russ passes. And um, he only he's only done that against the, the Chiefs this season. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, Mahomes, exceptional, playing at an MVP level. And that's what it took for them to win. So we'll move on to the uh, New England Patriots beating the Miami Dolphins 23-21. to and uh, my boy, poor Frank the Tank Fleming, can't catch a break with the Dolphins. Do you know who that is? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah it's this guy from Bar- Barstool Sports. He's like, a, he's also like a Mets fan, and he um, he basically he has like all these. He's like a really funny guy. But anyway, um, the Dolphins they were eight and three, and. They lost five in a row and now are barely hanging on in the uh, in the playoff race. And they've had, I think, ten playoff collapses in the in the last twenty years. Ten uh, December collapses. So, uh, what did you think of this game? The uh, the Patriots beating the Dolphins. And honestly, I, I feel really bad for the Dolphins. Uh, they had so much talent early on. You thought they were going to be like juggernauts. His Ly jumps into the car. Yeah. Oh, why are you there? I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm nice, nice. Yeah, Naif was just, uh, we were talking about the the, uh, the Patriots beating the uh, the Dolphins. Naif, what did you, uh, what else did you have to say about this oh, game? Oh, why? Are you, are you like at, a, at the top of a mountain or something? <laughs> no, I'm in a, I'm uh, driving back home. So I'm going to keep myself up while I drive. Okay. Oh, yeah, man. I was just saying. I mean, uh, they 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 look like juggernauts early on in the season, and then uh, that whole Tua thing, man. I feel really bad for him. Um, I think they would have definitely made the playoffs had he been able to play in one of these games. Uh, Bridgewater looked horrible. Thompson didn't look any better, but that's sad. I mean, you know, you would think Teddy Bridgewater is one of the premier backups in the NFL, and he was supposed to win you these types of games where he could just play in a pinch, but. He didn't look good. And uh, Belich, I think, came down to coaching, to be honest. And better coaching prevailed, and Pat's probably going to go to the playoffs. Man. Yeah, that seems to be the theme in a lot of games this year. Even though the the the, uh, the Patriots don't have a, a, a talent-laden roster, it just seems like the, the coaching really prevails for them. And um, Oh, why? Did you did you see any of this game, Patriots and, and, and Dolphins? Uh, so I watched... Part of it, and by the way, 
take it off the blue chip because it's bigger and that's better. Um, so I, I, I kind of watch it in spurt. Um, so I don't really have too much, uh, I think I can add on the game itself. But what I do think is like interesting about the Dolphins is like, so they their season, I think, from what I remember, was they won three and then they lost three. And then they won five and then they lost five. So their season has been like very streaky. And I don't really know what to make of them moving forward, right? Like, like I said, I feel really bad for Tua, and it's like, it's like you gotta, you gotta really seriously start to think, like, what does long-term future look like, right? Like, this is not, you know, some, uh, you know, it's not like a small deal. And you know, I was thinking, like, oh, you know, he should sit out for the rest of the year or whatever, maybe even the playoffs. But like, is that really going to make a difference with something like concussions? Like, I don't know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what to make of the Dolphins right now, man. I felt like they were kind of overachieving, but that offense is very explosive. Like the vertical passing game is very explosive. So if they can find a way to sneak in, I think you know they could maybe uh, you know give a team uh, uh, you know a game in that first round. But I, I don't really see them going too far, especially without the quarterback. And again, the Patriots are like a weird team. I don't, I, I don't know about their quarterback situation anymore, honestly. Um, it seems like, you know, they'd be willing to move on for Mac Jones, which is kind of crazy to think about, you know, going in his second year or whatever. But, um, you know, never count out Belichick, that guy, other than, uh, other than having his defensive coordinator be his offensive coordinator. He usually always has a plan. So, we'll kind of see how it goes. But I think that, that, that is actually, like, I think – Top to bottom might be a better division than the NFC East, to be honest with you. More top to bottom, I feel like there's, the, the, the teams are generally better. But More competitive. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna echo what you guys mentioned. This Dolphins team, their their quarterbacks are just too brittle. Unfortunately, it's just kind of the way it is. Tua now has scary brain issues. I think this is maybe his third or fourth concussion this year. And he, they, they, there was a report that he has some memory loss, that he was in a film session with um, Mike McDaniels, his coach, and he started forgetting uh, very um, big picture parts of the game uh, from uh, a few days prior. So that's very scary. There's a lot of reports, even from like Mike Florio, a lot of these guys that are saying that Tua may not play in the NFL after this year. Uh, and then Bridgewater, of course, he often gets injured. He got injured again today. He's really, talent-wise, he's a backup, but uh, health-wise, he cannot be trusted. And then, of course, they're replaced by this guy, Skylar Thompson, who, again, as the third-string quarterback, somehow is you know plays another game this year. This isn't the first game he's played. So the quarterbacks are not reliable, and uh, Thompson didn't play well. And you know, overall in this game, not a single offensive player stood out. You know, in fact, no skill player on either team had more than 62 yards. And the leading uh, uh, yards guy in this game was Raheem Mostert, who had 62 receiving yards, which is very bizarre. So that's the kind of game this was. Uh, but this was decided by the, uh, the Patriots defense, who had two picks, including a pick six. And that's really what this game came down to. It was just the Patriots and their defense. When the Patriots defense plays at home, they have success, and that's really what decided this game. It's going to be interesting. Both of these teams are now alive for the last playoff seed in the AFC going into next week, so this is going to be one to watch. 
Moving on to the New York Giants beating the Indianapolis Colts 38-10 to in a trouncing by the Giants. This team is so confusing to me. You know, they win all these games without doing anything exceptionally well. And now they've secured a playoff spot. What do you guys have to say about your fellow NFC East brethren? Omar, we'll start with you. Yeah, um, so I'm going to have to give a shout-out to myself here. Uh, from back in, like, September, October, what it was, when I, you know, when I said that Dabo would be the leading uh, candidate for Coach of the Year, and I think that's what's going on here. Like, like he's, he's gotten these guys much above their weight, and I think, you know, they're, you know, they're not very talented, or at least they have a lot of talent deficiencies. But here they are, they're on the cusp of winning 10 games. Hopefully they win 10 games. And, you know, uh, you know they're getting into the playoffs with that. And I think, you know, he's really, like, come in and, you know, he's changing the culture there. Um, you know, he has a shot at being the best coach in the division, to be honest with you, with how he's coaching this year. Um, I'm a little surprised that it was that bad, but then again, the Colts, are pretty terrible, especially on offense. So I, I think, you know, we this is a classic case of a team that's being coached to play and overcome their talent deficiencies. Uh, so kudos to Brian Abel for doing that. Uh, you know, I think it's definitely something to build on for them. I don't see them going very far, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's something, it's like a stepping stone for them. So that's kind of my big takeaway. Naif, what do you have to say about your favorite team, the Giants? Um, I think I think they're going somewhere, man. Uh, to be honest, I got to give a shout out to Daniel Jones. Uh, thought he was absolute dog water coming into the season. I thought they stuck around with him for way too long, and I was wrong. He's really starting to come into his own, and you could tell that the team is really. Uh, they, 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 they ride for him. I think Hawaii just sent an article in the group where Saquon was just talking about how much he loved Daniel Jones and how he's like the first one in the office. Uh, I think the culture is changing there in New York. And it's going to be really scary going forward if they can uh, rebuild that team, especially with a couple of receivers maybe. Uh, they, they got a really nice offense though. Their line is playing well. They have a young tight end that's pretty good. I think they're just a receiver away. Uh, with Saquon and Daniel Jones. Um, and that game, I mean, it was just another game where a professional team had to play Jeff Saturday on a Sunday, and, you know, Colts suck. That joke never gets old. And oh. could could oh. that could that one receiver away be Sterling Shepard or Kadarius Toney or Kenny Galladay? Because they had, no, 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 they I, had all three of those guys. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's Odell Beckham. Or Odell Beckham. You know, they just, like, give away all their, their top receivers. I think Darius Slayton actually isn't terrible. Um, and I don't know why they didn't get him more. It doesn't matter. I mean, they blew him out yesterday. But, you know, to speak on this Daniel Jones point, he had uh, he led them in rushing yesterday. He had 11 carries, 91 yards, two touchdowns. Who needs Saquon Barkley when you can get that kind of running production from your, from your quarterback? But the Colts have clearly given up here and it's going to be interesting to see what the Colts owner does with uh, Jeff Saturday here after defending that hire so much going in the next season. I suppose we'll see. I know that you guys are, are definitely rooting for the Giants as they play the uh, the Eagles next week. 
to see that they've secured this uh, number six spot is uh, it's pretty surprising to me, to be honest with you. But uh, um, the prospect of having an all NFC East uh, playoffs is now gone. Uh, so um, we'll move on to the next uh, game here where we have another NFC East team. Uh, the New Orleans Saints beating the Philadelphia Eagles 20-10. to Gardner Minshew finally showed why he's a backup in this game. I had a lot of faith in him before, but he is a backup. Naif, what did you see here? Two things. Um, uh, first, I don't think Gardner Minshew. I don't think it was Gardner Minshew's fault at all. I think uh, the Saints did a, had a great game plan to start the game. I think the Eagles had three plays in the first quarter, uh, so they really did a good job playing keep away. And number two is uh, something we've talked about all year. Uh, Dennis Allen's an idiot, and when he decides to give Taysom Hill the ball, the Saints win football games. So that's what we saw yesterday. He gave him the ball. They won some games. Um, every time they give him the ball, they win. Every time he doesn't, they lose. And they gave him the ball yesterday. And that's what happened. Mm. Simple as that. Oh, why? What do you see from your rival Eagles? Oh, why? Are you there? Funny, like, like yeah. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah. Can you hear us? Okay, yeah. What did you think of your, your Eagles, your okay, rival so, Eagles yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying I would echo some of what Diane was saying about Pichu. About um, you know, it just seemed like the game plan wasn't very Pichu uh, friendly. Like, it just seemed like they weren't setting him up to succeed as much this week. But it's very funny. Because for two weeks, all I heard was how Minshew was the best backup in the league. He's one of the 32 best quarterbacks. And now Eagles fans on my Twitter feed. So I just want to, you know, hashtag keep that same energy that they did with Cooper Rush. We were missing back. That's all I want to say. Um, but, you know, the Eagles are still a really good team. Like, they're top to bottom. They're still a really good team. I think the Saints, you know, it, it, it's funny. Like, the Saints are, you know, they're one of those teams that can play a spoiler, and I think they were, like yesterday. You know, the defense can step up, and they can make plays when you need it, especially with Lattimore coming back. It's kind of funny. He This was the first game back. You know, he gets the pick six to win the game. So, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, I think the Saints are a classic spoiler team, and I, I, I don't think they're, like, officially eliminated yet. I, I'd have to check that, but um, they're one of those teams that can kind of punch you in the mouth a little bit. I think that's what happened to Philly. I think they got punched in the mouth, and now, you know, we have a week 18 where everything's on the line. So, when we talked about Gardner Minshew when he had just started, we saw that his career touchdown to interceptions was, I think, 41 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. And that kind of belies his real issues and explains, doesn't, doesn't explain why he's a quarterback. The reason why he's, uh, sorry, a backup. The reason why he's a backup is because when the game matters, and he has a chance to score touchdowns that matter. He uh, he becomes sloppy, and that's essentially what happened in this game. They only put up one touchdown, where AJ Brown did most of the work. I think there was a 78 touch, 78 yard touchdown, but AJ Brown uh, AJ Brown ran maybe for like 50 of those yards or 60 of those yards. So, other than that, you know, he gets yards here and there, 
But he's just very subpar in the clutch. That's why the Jaguars got rid of him. That's why he's been a backup. And that's kind of what we're seeing now. Uh, on the Saints side of the ball, uh, this was very evenly spread out. Kamara had some good yards. Olave had some good yards. Juwan Johnson, their tight end, had some good yards. And they got it done, you know, um, in a big spot. You know, in, in this game, they were fighting for their division. That was still in the cards for them. Uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't enough because of this next game. The Tampa Bay Bucks beat the Carolina Panthers 30-24. to And the Bucks win the NFC South with this and eliminate all the other teams in the NFC South. This was a chaotic game back and forth, which seemed like it had 50 lead changes, but the Bucks prevailed. Oh, why? What did you see here? Okay, I, I guess oh, I can't hear. But Naif, what, what did you see in this game? Yeah, I think I think there's some sound issues. Naif, Naif, go ahead. Yeah, man, I just saw the goat, Tom Brady, Tom Emo Brady, stepped out of his emo shell. Maybe he found a new girlfriend. I mean. Looked like the Tom Brady of old, to be honest. Uh, he kept talking up with Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Evans, who looked amazing, man. And uh, that's what I saw, man. I'm kind of, honestly, I'm, I'm a little scared now heading into the playoffs. Looks like Dallas is going to play Tampa, in Tampa. And it looks like Brady's rolling. And he's mm. got an unofficial bye week next week. That's not a good thing, you know, um, I don't know, rolling Brady plus uh, more time to game plan. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to face him, to be honest. I, I would have rather played the Panthers or the Saints or anybody else, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get it done. We'll get it done. Yeah? Yeah, it was just go, go Tom Brady. That's what I saw. Yeah, I mean, Mike Evans, 207 yards, three touchdowns. You know, this is the ultimate feast or famine receiver. Uh, he has become that over the past year. And Brady threw some amazing balls. You know, one of them was was like a picture perfect placement for. And Mike Evans actually said this after the game. This is the best he's ever seen Tom Brady play. They've been playing together, I think, for two or three years now. And they essentially just maximized the uh, replacement players for J.C. Horn in this sense. I mean, they they let Mike Evans go one on one for way, way, way too many plays. I don't know what the the Panthers were were, were thinking in this game. I don't know if they thought that Mike Evans was washed because he hasn't showed much this season, but he he tore them up. He had uh, 60 fantasy points, by the way. For anyone wondering what that translated in the fantasy, it was it was exceptional. Uh, on the Panthers side, uh, they had a legit chance to win this and win this division, guys. I mean, Darnold was was throwing beautiful balls to, to DJ Moore, getting a lot of other players involved. Shy Smith, uh, they were running the ball well and. You know, looking to the future, I think Donald probably has uh, the upper hand uh, to to stay the quarterback of this team, simply for that reason that I've mentioned before, which is he finds a way to get the ball into the hands of his best players. You know, it's not just he, you know, just kind of taking what's there or whatever, or trying to force feed it to somebody else. No, you 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 game plan and you find your best player, and and that's what he did with with DJ Moore. That's why he's he's had a lot of success. And um, this could have easily been their division. They were winning in the fourth quarter of this game. Um, but, yeah, the play, the Panthers now out of playoff contention. 
and it'll be interesting to see if their their uh, um, their interim coach uh, Steve Wilkes uh, retains this job. I think he he brought back to life what was a dead team. Uh, so we'll see what they do uh, moving forward here. But we'll move on now to the. Um, yeah, Omar, he he deserves the job. I think, uh-huh. in my opinion, he did a phenomenal job. We thought the season was over. Who the hell would have thought they would have a chance to win the division by week 17? I agree. I agree. I think he is de- deserving as well. Yeah. We'll move on to my favorite game of the day, uh, the Cleveland Browns beating the Washington Commanders 24-10. to 10. Uh, And, uh, you know, um, oh, why? I know you sent that tweet with, uh, with, with uh, LeBron praising Watson. I thought the same thing, though. You know, Watson, he's starting to shake off the rust, and he's looking pretty damn good, I have to say. He threw three touchdowns. He... Synced up with with Amari uh, Cooper for two of them. Uh, he got uh, Njoku involved. He got Jones involved. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones involved. Um, and I think he's he's starting to look good. And I think they're going to be a good team next season. They have some good defensive pieces as well. Um, oh, why do we do we have you back with the sound? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So so real quick, um, you mentioned Mike Evans and what his what his day translated to in fantasy. Mm-hmm. I know, because I was playing against them in my third place matchup. So Crazy. I was projected, I had like a 75% chance of winning before that game. It was something like that. So thank you very much, Mr. Brady, for ruining my life again. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, as for like, as for this game, yeah, you know, I think, I think Cleveland definitely has the weapons. And, you know, um, you know again, focusing on, strictly on, uh, on the field, you know, Watson obviously is like, you know, he has the talent. I think, you know, he, you know, he was going to have to shake off the rust uh, anyway. And having a guy like Amari helps. You know, Amari's one of the most quarterback-friendly receivers in the league. He's always open. You know, if he's healthy and he's on the field, there's a high chance that you're going to find him open. Um, so I'm not surprised by that. I, I you know, the, the commanders on the other side, like, what a show, man. Like, just what a show. It's like, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I think, like, Carson wins within, like, the first five minutes of the game. It's third pass. I think he already threw a pick. Um, I don't know what he, what they do with him, honestly. I, you know, do you cut him? Do you trade him? Like, what do you do? And what does he do, right? Like, has he played himself out of the league? You know, that's what people are starting to say. I don't, I, I still think, like, people will still give him a shot just because of the arm talent and things like that, but, you know, just the fact that we're even at this point, he's not that old, guys, he's only like 28, 29, 30, like, the fact that we're even talking about this at this point is surprised, like, it's crazy, I never would have thought this, like, three or four years ago, yeah. um, you know, if it were me, I would have just played Taylor, Taylor Heineke at this point and just completely restart and, you know, go in a new direction with that whole organization and try to figure things out, but, hey, it's Washington, so. Yeah, the piggies, uh, the uh, P- P- Porky McTuttle or whatever their new mascot is. That's that's your new favorite mascot, right, Naya? The new Commanders mascot. Yeah, yeah, we love the swine as long as, long as they keep losing. <laughs> um, just to piggyback on what Oi was saying, have we seen a quarterback fall from grace this quick? The way we've seen, we've watched it with once. I mean, he was he was easily an MVP candidate. That year that the Eagles uh, ended up winning the Super Bowl, and then he lost his job to Foles, and then he got his job back, and then lost it to Jalen Hurts. And then he goes to Indianapolis, 
And I think he was doing all right for the Colts last year until I think it was like the final week of the season where he choked. And and then this year, this year was just horrible. Heineke, Heineke should have been the starting quarterback yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we'll never know if the Redskins or the Commanders had a chance or not with Heineke, but they sure as shit did not have a chance with Carson Wentz. That was ugly, man. Very ugly. That was awful. Very ugly. Awful. Yeah. Uh, I I thought, you know, I thought maybe they'd bring in Heineke sometime in the fourth quarter, at least down to two scores, and they didn't do it. Uh, I think that was Rivera just being stubborn. Uh, It sucks for Heineke, too, man. The guy really balled out. When Wentz was on the sidelines, and, and I, I think he's the reason why the Commanders even had a shot. Uh, I think Wentz is best suited to be a backup somewhere if he's willing to do that. And maybe you know it could be like a reclamation project where he comes off the bench for an injured quarterback and does well. But as a starter, I don't see him as a starter anywhere. In like mm-hmm. um, Watson looked good. Uh, the connection with Amari finally. Still, I don't. I don't think all that was worth it. But hey, they got seven wins now. Yeah, and you know, you you have to concede that if um, if Watson had started to play earlier, I think this is absolutely a playoff team. I mean, Nick Chubb looked really good as well yesterday. And um, meanwhile, like you guys mentioned, Washington and Wentz just kind of laid down in this game in what was essentially a playoff game for them. I agree that moving on from Heineke was a bad move, a huge mistake for Rivera, actually. And if you look back at to as as to why he benched Heineke in the first place, I think it was under a false pretense because that game against the Giants, where he allegedly whatever threw that that, that turnover that he he thought lost him the game, that wasn't on a. I mean, Washington should have won that game essentially. I mean, we talked about this in another podcast. Terry McLaurin was lined up he looked at the uh, the official twice to make sure that he was lined up correctly and he said he heard the official say he was lined up so that was bogus and then on the next play the uh, uh pass in the end zone was uh defensive pass interference and then they didn't call it and that's the reason why he ended up you know kind of benching Heineke so I think he made a bad move he made a bad decision there uh it was a, a little hasty but um you know it works to the uh to the um advantage of the Seahawks here and, you know, Washington essentially, Heineke is not the answer for them either. I mean, they badly need to to secure a franchise quarterback, whether that's in the draft or free agency. And they need to, um, they need a bit of an overhaul. You know, like I'm not, uh, listen, I, I, I think I know what's going on with, um, with Dan Snyder. And I know that, you know, Bezos and uh, a lot of these people are trying to get him, trying to get him out so they can buy the team. But everything about, this Dan Snyder run team is terrible, including this new mascot, which is actually, I know it sounds funny, but it is going to isolate a, a lot of people, including including like a lot of Muslims that uh, that like the Washington team. And there are a lot of them, to be honest with you. It's just like, just kind of weird. A lot of these decisions to make is, is weird. And I think this team needs an overhaul. So bye-bye commanders. And uh, it leaves the window open for Seattle. So thank you. Moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Houston Texans. 31-3. There's not much to say in this game. The Jacksonville Jaguars kind of secured this win early with an Etienne um, uh, long touchdown run. And um, that was essentially the game here. Did you guys see anything else in this game, uh, Naev? Uh, yeah, man. 
you, you know, I've been big on Trevor Lawrence for a while, and he's finally starting to come, come into his own. Uh, they're going to be scary in a couple of years. I think if they can add another receiver alongside Christian Kirk, they're going to be a really good team. Etienne looked great. He had a great run. Uh, I think they win next week, take the division, and make the playoffs. This is a huge leap for Lawrence, especially after last year with that whole Urban Meyer fiasco. I think they're headed in the right direction. Um, yeah, I think the Jaguars are going to be really good in a couple of years or next year. Who knows what they might do in the playoffs. Or maybe this year. Oh, why? Yeah, maybe this year. What did you think, oh, why? Yeah, I know. I'm going to echo that. I think um, I, I was kind of starting to wonder a little bit about Trevor Lawrence. Not ready to, not ready to make a decision because uh, you know it was too early. But I was just kind of you know I need to see a little bit more. Uh, I, I need to see a little bit more of what we had thought, and you know he's he started to show it, and he's been showing it for the second half of the season. And they do have the weapons there too. You know I was skeptical about giving Christian Kirk all that money when they did. Now it doesn't really matter because the wide receiver market is crazy, and they're getting um, they're getting Calvin Ridley next year. And so you know they have a lot of I think they have a lot of options there. And Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning coach, you know whether you know despite what you know where you would rank him, the fact is he has a ring, and I think you know he's been great for Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think they just need to shore up that defense a little bit, and I, I think that they can definitely be contenders, especially in that division. You know, like next year, I think they should be the clear favorites in that division. Uh, and I think for them now, you know, they seem like one of those teams that are poised to make a run at the end of the year, even if they don't really do anything. And then next year, it carries over. And I think, you know, they can maybe be like a heavy – you know, one of those heavyweights in the AFC next year. I can see that. By the way, I have to, I have to run for like 10 minutes, but if you guys are still on, I'll, I'll, I'll hop right back on. Okay. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. And you're right. You know, Q, yeah. Q, QB guru, uh, Doug Peterson here. And, um, you know, neither team essentially had much to play for in this game since it was meaningless, even though the, um, uh, the Jags played all their starters. I mean, this was always – a collision course for the Jags and the Titans playing week 18 for the, the AFC South, essentially. Um, and the Texans actually won this game by losing because this like further secured the, the number one pick for them next year. And they already set the, um, the, the AFC South championship game, essentially, for next Saturday night. So I think the Jags have all the momentum here, even though the Titans were a very clear... Um, winner of this uh, division and a lock for the playoffs for many, many weeks, for the past eight weeks. But now with uh, Tannehill out and um, them having to rely on Malik Willis, who I think is actually the worst quarterback in the league, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see teams going in the in the wrong directions. You know, like are the Titans going to salvage their season here or are the, uh, the Jags going to surpass them and, and enter the playoffs with momentum? We're going to see. It's going to be really... Um, it's going to be an exciting game. Speaking of exciting, the San Francisco 49ers beat the Las Vegas Raiders 37-34 to in a tremendous game, back-and-forth game, similar to the Panthers-Bucks game where the um, underdog just like couldn't close it out at the end. That's really what it came down to. Derek Carr did not play in this game. Uh, is there anything you have to say about that? Yeah, 
He was benched for Jared Stidham. And the Raiders put up 34 points? That is correct, Shaw. They had a quarterback throw for well over 300? Three touchdowns? Oh, boy. Wow. Raiders looked decent yesterday, huh? Yeah. I wonder why. But they didn't get the dub. What happened? Why didn't they get the dub? What about uh, him is is that? But uh, I know, I know you don't like him. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Niners. Niners look scary. Brock Purdy looks like the real deal. Um, that defense looks elite. I think they're gonna have a chance to get to the Super Bowl for sure. Maybe they end up with the number one uh, seed too, depending on what happens next week. Oh, you think so? It's possible. Hmm. Well, possible. I, you know, okay, I'll say this about the Raiders. I, I agree, of course. Stidham, amazing game. He, there's precedence with him, with McDaniels. He's coming from the Patriots. But really, to me, this was a Devontae Adams game. He was exceptional. He had an amazing catch in the fourth quarter uh, to set up overtime. He broke the, uh, the Raiders' franchise record for most receiving yards in a season, breaking Tim Brown's record, which is extremely impressive given the, the Raiders are a historically great team. Um, and a great franchise here. Um, Adams is the best receiver in the league. I mean, I'm, every week I'm more convinced of that. Uh, for the the Niners, this was a, a McCaffrey Ayuk game to me. Uh, Purdy, he did enough not to n- not to uh, lose this. Obviously, I mean, there there is definitely a chance he could have lost this game. This is actually the first game I saw him look a little bit shaky. I mean, he threw uh, a number of balls that, that could have gotten intercepted. Uh, the Raiders were missing a lot of their defensive players in this game, a lot of their defensive starters. Uh, he is steady enough to just win the game. I don't think Purdy, to be honest with you, is is an exceptional quarterback. I think that um, if they were to be tested uh, later in this uh, later in the playoffs, I don't know that they're going to pass these tests because the the Forty ers despite the fact that you know historically they've had a good defense this year, today they didn't play well. I mean, you know. No matter how you slice it, you're going to say this is a great Stidham game, great Devontae game. I mean, they gave up 34 points. They gave up, I think they gave up almost 500 yards of uh, of offense to the Raiders or something like that. 
So this definitely introduces a little bit of doubt into that uh, 49ers defense. And moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see what the QB situation in Las Vegas is. Did, did Stidham do it? you think Stidham did enough to become the, uh, the Raiders quarterback next year? Or do you think that they should draft or find a free agent or maybe – well, I'm not going to even say the last one. Depending on who falls to them in the draft, uh, there are only two quarterbacks I see that are worthy next year. So, and I doubt any of them fall to the Raiders. Right. So, uh, yeah, so maybe maybe stick with Stidham again, get a better pick, or free agent. As long as it's not Derek Carr, you're going to have a chance. Oh, That's boy. the way I view it with the Raiders. Yeah, we, we definitely know that. And, and the, the, the Niners' defense wasn't that great yesterday. However, they did have some time to turn overs, I think. Um, That's true. Like I said, they should... The, the Niners should have won in regulation, but they had that other turnover. I think it was in overtime, right? Yeah, yeah I so. mean, the the Raiders could have won in regulation too if they went for two after that uh, after that touchdown. So that doesn't lose, right? Yeah, exactly. Already out of playoff contention. So, but the, another team that might have Derek Carr as their quarterback, the uh, Seattle Seahawks beat the New York Jets. Actually, both of these teams maybe might have. Cars are I don't know what's going to go on with, with, with Geno Smith, to be honest with you. There's been a lot of talk about it. But anyway, this was a strange defensive-focused game. Uh, lots of field goals. Um, I thought neither team played exceptionally well in this game. But the Seahawks were a little better on offense. Um, Geno really connected well with the, with the tight ends. Uh, but DK was locked down by Sauce Gardner. Tyler Lockett left this game early. Marquise Goodwin is out on IR, and Treadwell is the only one that, uh, other, only other receiver on this team that made catches. Speak about Gino and his revenge story. Actually, this is very important to bring up. Gino, three and zero against his former teams this year, and those are the three best games they played. What do you think? His former team. Does he play for the Jets, the Giants? And the Chargers. They're 3-0 and against those teams. Oh, you play for the Chargers? Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, dude, I told you, man. As long as you guys have a running game, Geno's going to ball out. And that's what happened yesterday. You know, you guys got the running game going again. I think uh, Kenneth Walker had like 130 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, DK was shut down, but I wouldn't be mad at that. I think Sauce Gardner is already a top three corner in the NFL. I know it's, uh, that might seem blasphemous. He's a rookie, but... The dude is legit. He's he's really good. Yep. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the Hawks look great. The Jets did not. Mike Mike White didn't look good at all. He he did. I mean, he gives them a lot more than uh, Zach Wilson offensively. But if uh, the Jets defense is going to be giving up that many rushing yards, they're not going to win any games. And the Seahawks, that's their key to victory. I think just running the ball. I hope, I hope you guys win next week, man. I Me don't too. want the Packers in the playoffs. Me too. Me too. Well, that yeah. speaks to uh, maybe that uh, you think that the Packers are more uh, uh, f- formidable than the uh, the Seahawks, which, you know, uh, you might not be wrong. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later. But, you know, I mean, the Hawks That's defense. That's not what I mean at all. That's not what I mean at all. No, but uh, listen, I just, a, great, I a, a great Aaron. But also, yeah, there is that thing about you guys and, and the Packers and uh, uh, not being able to get over the hump with them. But, and. Same thing with the Seahawks, but Seahawks defense looked very respectable in this game. They only allowed six points to the Jets. Um, didn't allow any points in the second quarter to them. 
They came up with two picks, one by uh, Quandre Diggs, one by Michael Jackson. Mike White, you know, maybe this was him shaking off um, rust from from that injury, and he actually probably shouldn't have played. I think that they consulted like many, many doctors in order for them to finally find one that would say that Mike White could play, which I thought was kind of interesting. I, I was confused as to why the Jets didn't run the ball more because the Hawks are one of the worst running def- run defenses in the league. Actually, I think they're like 31 or 32. So that was kind of a miscalculation for them. I'm very surprised Robert Saleh didn't, didn't see that. Robert Saleh used to work for Pete Carroll. So for him to not see that, I really don't get it. But you're right. Ken Walker was the star of this game, 133 yards. Um, Jets are now eliminated from the playoffs. Um, Seahawks are alive for one final uh, playoff spot. But um, they're going to need the Packers to lose next week. Um, and I'm going to say what I you know, said earlier in this podcast before you jumped on. But this, those two games must be played simultaneously. I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about that, you know. Packers and Lions, if the Packers win, they're in. But if the Lions win, even if the Seahawks uh, or, or the Seahawks, if the Seahawks win their game earlier in the day, because a lot of people are saying Packers and Lions are going to play Sunday night football. If the Seahawks win that game, the Lions have nothing to play for. So that Sunday night game is going to suck for Sunday night football. So I'm going to say it again. If, 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 if the Seahawks win... If the, Se- the basically the the way I I think that the NFL is going to do it is that they're going to have the Seahawks and, and and Rams play at like 4:25 and then they're going to put that Lions Packers game at at Sunday Night Football because that's the one that 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 has the most playoff implications for it because they already put the Jaguars Titans game on Saturday night so okay. if the Seahawks beat the Rams then there's no way for the Lions to get into the playoffs so that Sunday night game yeah, would. Whatever. Seahawks win and the Packers win. The Packers take that last spot. Yeah, it's so weird because it's all based on strength of schedule. So if you look at the the, the schedule now, the Seahawks are the seventh seed, but by virtue of them beating the Lions next week, they would have the better strength of schedule. It's very bizarre, but you know, like I said, uh, the NFL needs to put them at the same time to save the integrity of 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 this game. So. Um, we'll move on now to the, uh, the Green Bay Packers beating the uh, Minnesota Vikings 41 to 17, uh, very relevant for what we were just talking about. So this was an absolute drubbing by the, uh, the Packers in Lambeau. Uh, like I mentioned in the chat, the league had a chance to bury Rodgers and the Packers throughout this year and they didn't take it. And now they absolutely look like a Super Bowl team. What do you think about this? Where's He's in hiding, huh? He's in absolute hiding. He's not even reading. I think he's probably muted the uh, the chat. I don't blame him, man. They're horrible. They're frauds. Uh, Kirk Cousins, dude. What time was this game? Yep, four twenty-five. That's why. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is not good. Right before the playoffs, man. This was uh, not a good sign. I think OY shared something. Uh, twelve and four teams point differential. I think they're at minus 17 or something. That's horrible. Oh, yeah. How are you at minus 17 and 12 and 4? Justin Jefferson and Jair Alexander, man, there was a lot of talk going into the game. Jair Alexander was pretty brave talking all that crap, but 
He backed it up. He shut him down. And I felt like he didn't even play until I read the box score. He had like one catch or something. I, I don't believe in the Vikings, man. I think, you know, they had a soft schedule early on and they benefited from that. Mm. And now we're going in the last week of the season. The Packers have a freaking chance. I'm so pissed off because the Cowboys just did their job that week. We want to be talking about the Seahawks would probably be in too. Absolutely. So, I, sorry about that, man. No, man. It's uh, it's scary, man. Packers were doing Packer things. You know, Rodgers was making mediocre receivers look like superstars. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones were great running the ball. The defense getting pick sixes and, and big stops and even special teams. We, they, they had a kick return for a touchdown. I mean, this was a, a, a big brother reminding a little brother who they are. You know, I mean, the, the Vikings might have won the division this year. But the Packers historically have been the big brother in this division. They showed that yesterday, especially at Lambeau. They're playing next week in Lambeau, too. It's, it's a very scary prospect. Um, Cousins to Jefferson has been one of the most unstoppable combination, uh, you know, combinations in the league this year. And it was, like you mentioned, completely, completely shut down. This game was 41-3 to in the fourth quarter. And credit to, like you mentioned, Jair Alexander, who was very, very determined even before this game to shut down Jefferson, um, you know, along with help with uh, from everybody on this defense. Um, Packers' defense swarmed the Vikings anytime they touched the ball here. Any skill player, not only Jefferson, but, uh, you know, even like Delvin Cook, every time he got the ball, there was three or four players around him. Uh, Hawkinson, whenever, like, the ball was thrown his way, there were two guys to come and break up passes. And Jefferson almost was kicked out of this game, you know, multiple times. He, I think he slammed his helmet twice. He almost, like, elbowed a ref in the back of the head. He was just completely frustrated all game. Um, this was a clinic. And the Packers uh, officially looked dangerous. And I hate it as well because I know what this team can be when they're, when they're playing well. And, you know, next week they play the Lions at Lambeau. And I have no faith that the Lions are going to win that game. I think absolutely the Packers are going to win this game. They're set up to win. This is the Packers in December in Lambeau. The Lions, for some reason, play in a dome, so they're not even used to like playing outdoors. It's a it's a very stupid you know setup to be honest. But I, I don't even think it's that Omar. I think he's going to you know Rogers is going to get all the calls. It's in Lambeau. If you look up the history of how refs ref. Uh, games there, it's always in favor of the home team. Always. Mm. And I think that's what it's going to come down to because the Lions are on a roll too. I Cops know. Is looking great. That's I, what... I really hope the Lions win this game, man. That's, that's uh, the only hope is that this off- Lions yeah, offense Dan can Campbell, man. Can you hate Dan Campbell? Is it possible? Definitely I love not. this guy. Absolutely. Whoa. Whoa. Is that Razor Ramon? <laughs> He's the bad guy. Thug life, nice. I don't know where their son you are. Are you, are, are you in the DC area? Because I'm looking outside and it's completely gloomy. But I see sun in your car. No, I'm coming up. I'm in. I'm driving to the south. I'm in North Carolina right now. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Okay, fried nice. Chicken. Fried chicken. Yeah. Nice. You going? To, are you going to console Sam Darnold? If you want me to, I can do that. No, 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 no. I'm not going to consult him. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go find that defensive coordinator for losing me my fantasy football game. Yeah, uh, seriously. I think Tom Brady might still be there, man. 
slip him a grocery yeah. or something. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we'll move on to the last game here, the the battle for L.A., the Los Angeles Chargers beating the Los Angeles Rams 31-10. There was a lot of social media stuff about this, uh, the Chargers um, flexing on social media. I think you guys probably sent it in the chat. But then the Rams always reply with uh, rent is due. It's the first of the – it's the month. Pay, pay your rent because the, uh, the Chargers are tenants of the Rams. But anyway, uh, you know, there's a lot of funny things about this game because – Whenever uh, one of these LA teams plays in that stadium, the opposing team is always the uh, the team that has the most uh, most fans. And so when you have both of these teams together, it's like I didn't see many people in the crowd, and it was like a battle for who could have less fans in this game. But I mean, the difference was really just, of course, the Chargers had better um, skill players. Mike Williams, amazing one-handed catch on the sideline. Uh, Austin Eckler, you know. Amazing runs. I think at one point in this game, he had five rushes for a hundred yards. Uh, Nayef, what did you what did you see in this uh, in this game? Yeah, I was reading a stat somewhere that said uh, there are more Cowboy fans in that stadium than than Charger Ram fans. Yesterday, yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, I was actually look. I was trying to look in the crowd, like <laughs> like like what jerseys, what jerseys prevail, and it definitely wasn't either of those teams. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, who cares about this game, man? Rams, one more game, and we can just stop talking about them. They suck, man. They're probably the worst post-Super Bowl team we've ever seen. Um, I don't know where they're headed to. I don't think they have a lot of draft picks going forward, so that's the price you pay, right? Um, yeah. Chargers look good, man. Eckler look good. Herbert look good. I like Herbert, man. Um you know, they're building some momentum right before the playoffs. That's good for them. Sorry, guys. I was playing my quarter. Stupid game, though. It's all good. Stupid can, game. Can, you give me, can you give Play me a, a quarter game. pounder or a, a McChicken <laughs> or a uh, six-piece? You really at McDonald's? I don't know where he's at, but whatever it is. I was trying to cover the gamut. Whopper. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. Just, it's a horrible game, man. Everybody knew the Chargers were going to win. I didn't, I didn't really care about this game. It was on the background. Yeah. Yeah, you know, on the Rams side here, um, Cam Akers was showing um, kind of how dumb McVay was throughout the year not to play him. He had a, a really, really good game. He had 19 carries for 123 yards. He was breaking ta- tackles. He was showing speed. Um, and uh, McVay might retire. I mean, to be honest with you, he was talking about retiring after last year. And after this, they have no prospects for the future. Uh, McVeigh is going to be uh, shown to, uh, uh, to to be exposed. To be honest with you, with a, with a, a roster this uh, this talent poor, and you know don't don't get it twisted. Um, you're going to look at this roster and say, oh, uh, Cooper Cup is uh, out for the season. Allen Robinson out. Uh, Aaron Donald out. They were playing bad even with those guys. So this is not like a uh, a thing like oh they're missing all their players. No, they were playing bad even with when the players were in. So, um, oh, why? Any any final thoughts here, or are you um, knee deep into uh, uh, McDonald's uh, McDonald's fries at this point? I think I think he's probably ordering. Anyway, all right. Well, we'll, we'll, I'm here, guys. Sorry. Yeah, no, no worries, no uh, worries, man. Any final thoughts on the uh, the battle of the LA teams? Yeah, um, I would echo a lot of what you're saying about big picture stuff. Like, 
kind of like these, um, there are whispers about Sean McVay's future, right? Like, all these guys are kind of tied together. Um, like, yeah. with Aaron Donald and Ramsey and, like, you know, their contracts and, you know, their playing futures. So, I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out. Um, you know, it, it's kind of, kind of going to be in, like, a salary cap hell type situation. I don't know if, like, they're actually up against the cap, but what, what I mean by that is more so in terms of draft capital. They're almost, like, in a draft capital hell type situation. They have nothing to build on at this point, you know. The only thing that they really have moving forward, I think, is that Jalen Ramsey isn't too old. You know, he's kind of, like, in the middle of his career probably. I think you can probably have Stafford for maybe a couple more seasons, maybe three or four at most uh, of, of good play, maybe. And then I think, you know, you have Cooper Cup. But they don't have a lot of depth. The talent is not dispersed throughout the team. Um, I just don't see them being competitive for a while. Honestly, I don't. Um, you know, on the flip side, I think the Chargers, you know, good for, good for us as fans. You know, we finally get Justin Herbert in the playoffs. Uh, you know, we've kind of, I've kind of been wanting to see this for a while now. Uh, it's funny, I feel like he kind of has to overcome coaching here. But, um, you know, I, the, the, the more we have, like, these great, you know, quarterbacks in the playoffs, the better it is for the product. Uh, I will just keep an eye out to see if the Chargers can kind of stay out of their own way a little bit. They kind of have a tendency to kind of do stupid things. You know, it's almost like they're cursed a little bit. I, you know, as a Cowboy fan, kind of know what that feels like. Um, so mm-hmm. that, that's something I'll probably, like, try to keep an eye out for, I, I think, moving forward. But, you know, yeah, it, it's good to see him finally in the playoffs here and see what he can do. It's a good point about, yeah, him finally making the playoffs. And this team usually starts to suffer injuries at the end of the season, but now – Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, these guys are all coming back. Bosa coming back, you know, like all these guys coming back with this team late in the year. So it's less likely that they're going to have a lot of these injuries that they have towards the end of the season. So it is going to be really cool to have them in the playoffs and see what they do. I think they're a very talented offensive team especially, and they have great weapons on defense too. So we're kind of running out of time here. Does anyone have any last notes? The uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the uh, Baltimore Ravens 16-13. to Anyone have any final notes about this game? All I really know is that this keeps the Steelers alive for one more week to maybe make the playoffs, and this probably eliminates the the Ravens from being able to uh, win their division. Any final thoughts about this game before we wrap up? Yeah, I yeah. do. I do real quick. I just want. Oh, go ahead, Nat. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, why? He's 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 muted right now. So. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, like. I, I, I gotta defend Mike Tomlin here, man. And, and I hate like I hate doing this. I hate the Steelers, but this this is a Hall of Fame coach, and it you know that fan base can be so toxic. It seems like I mean, again, as a Cowboys fan, we have a very toxic fan base too. But guys, he's won you a ring. You know, he's been to another one. He's never had a losing season, and look what he's been working with. And you know. Uh, you know, our friend in the chat sent that sent that text where, you know, Steelers fans are apparently comparing his last five years to Marvin Lewis's run with the Bengals. Guys, Marvin Lewis never won in the playoffs. Of course, completely different. Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, and he hasn't had a quarterback in like five years now. Like, this guy 
guy is a great coach, and I think you know if he gets into the playoffs, he should you know it's, it it only proves the point even further. And I think at that point, you know I think Dable is the coach of the year, but I think Tomlin deserves some serious you know consideration and should definitely get some votes there. Yeah. Any final thoughts, NFG? Yeah, I was, uh, honestly, I was just gonna say a lot of what I was gonna echo a lot of what Owai said. I I just want them to make the playoffs so we can rub it in uh, Sherry Hart's face. Because Tomlin is a great coach. I mean, everything that Owai said is exactly how I feel about him. Uh, he's won them a Super Bowl. He's been to another. And here they are again with a chance to make the playoffs in the last game of the season. And they had nobody, man. They had Trubisky and a rookie. And, you know, they had some injuries. And, look, they did, they did really well given the fact that they were dealing with all that. And they might just make the playoffs. I don't know who they play next week, though. And I don't know their situation. Is it a win-and-end situation? or? No, I think I think they're probably least likely of the three teams between the Patriots and the Dolphins. They're, they're the third. So uh, they need, I think, both Patriots and Dolphins to lose. Dolphins still have a chance? They do. 8-7. and seven. So eight, what, Sorry, 8-8. Pats, eight, eight, eight eight. Pats play the Jets, right? Pats play... No, no, no. Dolphins play the Jets. I think. So, somebody plays the Bills. Uh, yeah, they play They play divisional games. Oh. The Steelers play the Browns, I think. Steelers play the Browns. And then... Let's see. Um, yeah, I can't see it now. But yeah, they. I think... I think you're right. Pats, Bills. I think it's Pats, Bills, and... Jets, Dolphins. It is, yes, Pats, Bills, and then Jets, Dolphins. Yeah, so definitely the Dolphins have the easiest of those games, I would say. So I'm looking at it now. They need Buffalo to beat the Patriots, and they need the Jets to beat the Dolphins. Yeah. That's That I don't know. But I think the Bills need to win, too, to hold on to their number one seed. It's not improbable. It's... Like probably unlikely, but it could happen. The fact that they're alive. Yeah. I mean, they were two and six, you know, and they they basically have a rookie quarterback who's just been average. So I agree with you. Uh, Patriots have definitely yeah. over. Sorry, the Steelers have definitely overperformed. The fact that they have a chance at all that they're alive in Week 18, very impressive. On the other hand, uh, like I mentioned to you guys, Tyler Huntley, he looked good last year, but Lamar Jackson has definitely rubbed off on this guy. He's play. He is playing like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> This team is pathetic. Even though they have Roquan Smith and uh, uh, Patrick Queen on defense, they have a lot of defensive weapons. But they're—I mean—they're not doing much. And of yeah, course, the offense is not the problem. Their defense is not. But the problem. but that offense is god awful. Yeah, but I mean, I give away 16, 16 points to the Steelers. I don't know who's who, who's really on the Steelers. Like, I don't 16 know. Sixteen points—that's not. I mean, that's not a game you lose. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that, the Ra- of course, the Ravens' offense is worse than their defense for sure. But that defense is, I don't know, they, they always seem to like give up leads too. So um, I don't think the Ravens are going to do anything in the playoffs, as I said, even if they bring back Lamar. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if they fi- sign him long term. I don't think they should, as you guys know. So that'll do it for the Week 17 recap. We enter Week 18 with a lot on the line in terms of playoffs. Really looking to the, forward to this last week. Uh, go Lions, go Lions, go Lions, down with the Packers. 
And thank you guys so much for, for jumping on here. This has been the Football v. Football podcast. As I mentioned at the beginning, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe there. If whatever podcast platform you're listening on, subscribe and rate. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and support this podcast on Kofi. NFG late night coming from Saudi or Bahrain? Bahrain coming from Bahrain. Omar Youssef coming from sunny North Carolina. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you all next time. Have a fantastic day, football fans.